Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com slash news. On this episode, we have round two of our interviews from the Western Conservative Summit. We have Bob Berry, Vanessa Rivera, Hadley Manning, and Katie Pavlich all coming up on Trend Chat. delay reaction for you there <clears throat> this is trend chat this was gonna be maybe one of the few for a while um don't know if i'm get much more into it i'll probably say more about it at the end but i guess that's why i wanted the music to play a little bit longer <laughs> so like I said, I'll get more into it later on. But if you know anything about the show or <laughs> hear sometimes that when I, I mean, I play this song even when I'm not doing the show. So <laughs> I just like the music, really. And if you ever notice, I'm really fading this really slowly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So welcome to another episode of Trench Chat. If you want to connect with us, well, connect, connect, <laughs> get it right, Brian. If you want to connect with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And I write for politichicks.com if you want to read some of my articles. 
Go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. And don't forget about the book, Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And everyone that's under the sound of my voice should go out and get that. Especially if you if you are interested in political activism. It, it is over 300 pages of well, articles from various contributors like myself. My article about being a delegate last year at the Republican National Convention is featured in that book in the section called Activism. And the other topics are healthcare, <laughs> yeah, healthcare, education, social issues. And well, if you heard the last episode, as far as what I said about those, you know, the Republicans, as far as not wanting to repeal, repeal Obamacare, you just saying healthcare just brought that back up, and it's just sad. But yeah, so there's a number of topics in the book, and yeah, you know, I encourage everyone to go out and get it. So this is, you know, the last round I guess of our interviews from uh, the Western Conservative Summit and as far as anything else I've already said my piece about Obamacare repeal or lack thereof and the basically the the deception that a lot of these Republicans have been leading a lot of people on as far as the past seven years when talking about repealing Obamacare. So I'm not even going to get into that again. So I'm just going to go. We're going to play these interviews, right? <laughs> and I maybe have some, some news at the end, but first off we will have Hadley Manning, with Independent Women Women's Forum, and we got a chance to speak with her about a number of issues, just in, information about IWF, and her thoughts on the Women's March, the so-called Women's March. So, without any further delay, here is our interview. Hello, it's Trent Chat here at the Western Conservative Summit, and we're with the Director of Policy at the Independent Women Forum, Hallie Manning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know about IWF, tell us everything about it. Great. We're a public policy organization based in Washington, D.C., and uh, our mission is to improve the lives of all Americans by increasing the number of women who value free markets and personal liberty. Yeah, and so like what I guess certain issues um, that you, I guess, focus on. Yeah, I know you noticed you mentioned the pay gap. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we all, we also do a lot of cultural commentary, but I think we sort of provide an alternative um, to women who feel that today's feminist movement has moved too far to the left. And so we 
provide this point of view that I think is much more positive about what it means to be a woman in the United States today. I mean, we certainly don't believe that women are victims. We believe women are empowered to, to make choices and trade-offs about their lives. So we focus on health care policy. We focus on workplace policy issues like pay equity and paid family leave. Um, we focus on any number of economic policies. Uh, we, we actually have a motto that says all issues are women's issues. So there's not a lot of issues that we won't touch, but we certainly want to make the case that uh, women are capable of making choices for themselves when it comes to their pocketbooks, their families, and to the way they live their lives. Okay, and, and I guess in talking about as far as uh, women's and going left, you have this thing called like the Women's March that's going on. So um, I won't put you on spot. Like, what are your thoughts as far as their what they're doing? Yeah, you know, I think that's sort of um, representative of today's um, left side of the feminist movement. Uh, I think a lot of women, actually, mainstream American women, would look at something like the Women's March and feel like it wasn't really a march for them. You know, it purported to be a march for all women, and it was branded that way, certainly. Um, but I didn't feel like. I was welcome there. I mean, it was obviously political. The day the the Women's March um, came to Washington, D.C. was, you know, when President Donald Trump had just been inaugurated. And so I think the statement was, um, if you are pro-women, then you have to be opposed to the policies that President Trump's agenda represents. And I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive. You know, I think there are a lot of women in this country who would like to see our um, markets deregulated. They would like to see more job opportunities, higher wages. They'd like to see um, healthcare choices be available to more people in, in terms of their insurance plans. They'd like to see school choice for their children. They'd like to see, you know, opportunities uh, for men and women to flourish and advance. And, um, you know, I, I just don't subscribe to this version of, of feminism that sort of depicts life in America for women as, as something that's very sad and oppressive. You know, we do, we have come such a long way. I mean, women have um, not just uh, basic rights, like the, the right to vote, which we got in 1920, but we have um, just incredible uh, amounts of equality under law and the ability to pursue our dreams more so than really any time or place in history. And so I think it's important to keep that in mind. That's not to say that life is perfect, um, but I certainly don't don't take a really um, negative outlook about what it means to be a woman in America today, and I'm afraid that that was the message that the Women's March was sending. Yeah, and it's kind of something I've talked to uh, a number of other people about the Women's March, and with that label, Women's March, and make it seem like, oh, it's about all women, but yet when you look into it, kind of like, you know, Black Lives Matter, it's, oh, it's all about black people. No, not really. And it's just basically just a, a front for liberalism a lot of times with these organizations and these so-called movements tend to tend to be. So, well, that was more of a statement. but <laughs> uh, Well, I think, I think you're right that, you know, unfortunately what we've seen in the past um, few election cycles, I would say, uh, from the left is a lot of identity politics, you know, uh, appealing to certain groups of people um, based on demographic characteristics instead of appealing to um, th their minds and their hearts and, and, and really um, what direction the country needs to go. And those are things that I, I think um, go beyond your skin color and go beyond your sex and um, really it's it's important that we recognize that we're not opposed to one another in America today. You know, I think there's an effort um, really to depict our society as one that's very divided and um, that may be true. There may be divisions, but I think we also should focus on what we have in common and um, we like to joke at the Independent Women's Forum that we're a women's organization who also loves men, you know, because we believe that, you know, our brothers, our fathers, our um, uncles, and 
every every man in my life, you know, I want them to have success, and I don't see, you know, my economic success or my dreams coming true in life as something that's a, a zero-sum game. You know, I don't see as men do better, women do worse, or vice versa. If my husband came home and told me he got a huge raise, we might have a wage gap in our family, but I would say, yes, you know, that's wonderful. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that raise, you know. So we gotta, we got to remember that a lot of Americans are working together as men and women, blacks and whites, people of all religious backgrounds, and we can move the, for, the country together, um, we can move the country forward together without, you know, focusing so much on, on our divisions. So, um, well, you're going to be participating in a panel um, coming up, so what is that about? Well, it's called uh, Women in Work, Winning the Debate on Family and the Workplace. And so it's a really hot-button uh, issue. I think we hear a lot of conversations as women about what does it mean to have it all. And we're going to talk about that. You know, I, I think um, ultimately what I hope to demonstrate in our uh, panel today is that there's no one definition of having it all or what it looks like to be successful as a woman. Some women uh, choose to spend some years at home raising a family and they're not getting uh, paid for the work that they're doing, although it's a very important work. There are some women who say, you know, I really am not interested in having a family, so I want to dedicate myself 100% to my career. And, and we support women across the spectrum of those choices, um, but we do want to keep our country free for women to make those choices. And we want to keep government out of the business of mandating uh, what kind of benefits women have to receive on the job or, um, you know, providing for women via entitlement programs that may take away um, from the plethora of choice that a market could provide for women. And so um, those will be some of the, the ideas that we'll talk about in our workshop today. But it is, it is, it's more than a panel. I'm hoping it'll be interactive and that women will participate because one of the best resources for women is other women, you know, learning from each other as we go through life and encouraging one another. So uh, I'm looking forward to that this afternoon. Okay. And there's another offshoot to IWF. I saw IWV. Right. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. The Independent Women's Voice is a 501c4 organization for any tax attorneys out there, people who are interested in that. I don't know why I bring that up. I guess at Western Conservative Summit, there's a lot of groups here. And, and some of them are um, like IWF. We uh, primarily focus on educating people about the issues. Um, but we don't, we're not politically active in any way. And I would say the Independent Women's Voice is our sister organization. And they have a little more freedom to um, get involved in um, you know, political issues and, and sort of take our ideas and put them into action. And so uh, they're also based in Washington, D.C., um, and do great work. Okay, and I guess give us all the social media and the website and everything. Oh, yeah, I think we have them all. I think we even have a Pinterest at IWF, you know. <laughs> we have we have Twitter. We're at IWF and at IWV. Uh, we, of course, we have Facebook. Um, and our flagship website is www.iwf.org. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Yep, and thank you, Hall for joining us. And... I was just thinking about um, as far as talking about the Women's March and how they're kind of just using a, you know, a regular name. Like I mentioned in the interview, you said Black Lives Matter, then it, it's, it seems like it's supposed to be about black people, but basically it just turns into, turns something that may have good intentions into something that's just basically a tool for socialism or Marxism or whatever. It it's not just about black people. 
you know, I will continue this not about black people at all, really just using black people to further a progressive agenda. So anyway, next up we have Bob Berry with US term limits. And I know there is a debate as far as when it comes to term limits, which is something I bring up in the interview. But if as far as thinking about the convention of states and article five convention or however you want to call it, if that came about and that was voted on at least to be an amendment for term limits, I definitely wouldn't have any problem with it. Especially given the fact that, well, I guess if you, I guess I wouldn't be as much of an advocate for term limits if they didn't, if incumbents weren't rigging basically everything to favor, favor them to keep in power, to, to keep their seat, as opposed to having a, a open, a, a more free, I guess, system, um, when, especially when it comes to you know, financing for whatever, for the challenger. So that being said, here is our interview with uh, Bob Berry. This is Trent Chad, and we're here at the Western Conservative Summit, and we're here with the Western Regional Director for U.S. Term Limits, Bob Berry. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really good. It's a very exciting conference today. Yeah, and so I came by the the booth before anyone was coming in, and I just saw the names of all the people who will be showing up, and I saw U.S. Term Limits, and I'm an advocate for term limits, so I definitely wanted to talk with you. So I guess just give us uh, information as far as... Uh, U.S. term limits. Yeah, you know, one of the benefits of uh, representing U.S. term limits is it's one of the things that everybody understands, right? Everybody kind of has a sense that uh, we don't want to elect politicians really at any level of government and have them be there forever. Because often the person that we elected, by the time they get several terms in them, they're not even the same person anymore. And if they have the ability, as they do in Congress in particular, to lock up a seat for generations... Not only are they a very different person, but all the talent that would have come behind them, that would have had an opportunity to bring in new thoughts and new methods, um, and especially at the state level, we're trying all kinds of innovative things. If those things never have an opportunity to get to the national level, then the whole country is shorted because of that. So we aim to introduce some dynamism into the system, uh, just exactly as we have in very many states, uh, a lot of the western states. Uh, who have the initiative process, were able to put term limits on their state legislators. And as a result of that, it created an open seat so that new people could continually be coming into those uh, into those uh, capitals. Okay, so and, and this organization is looking towards as far as on a federal level, correct? Yeah, it is. And here's what's kind of interesting about that. There, there is no state that I'm aware of that has term limits on their state officials, uh, that did not get it by using the initiative process, which meant the citizens had to go over their heads. They had to go to a lot of trouble to get that, which means the citizens really want it. And our polling indicates this as well. In Colorado, for instance, uh, we have an 81% support, and that cuts across both, both parties. Both Republicans and Democrats are in favor of this idea. Well, without the initiative process, we wouldn't have, we don't, you don't have it in any other states, right? So, so they're, they're never going to willingly limit their own terms, and the analog for the initiative process at the federal level is found in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, and that's the amendments process. 
and it is very fortunate for us that even though there are many states that don't have an initiative process and can't get term limits on their state officials, at the federal level, we have kind of an initiative process. And that's the Article 5 process, and that requires our state legislators to pass a resolution, not a bill, doesn't require the governor's signature, demanding what the Constitution calls a convention for proposing amendments. And it is in this capacity that the states can replicate the amendment-proposing authority that Congress has every day of the year. If you get two-thirds of Congress together, they can propose an amendment. They can't ratify anything, but they can propose an amendment that three-quarters of the states have to ratify. But the problem with the state, the states have, there's a lot of things that the states would love to ratify, but the catch-22 is you can't ratify that which has not been proposed. So fortunately, the founders designed a way in our Constitution for the states to propose their own amendments if it was something that Congress didn't want. Did Senator Cruz propose something recently? Uh, it's just something off the top of my head. You're exactly right. A lot of people don't know this, but Senator Cruz recently proposed uh, a constitutional amendment proposal uh, in Congress. Now, the problem is, is that you need to get two-thirds of the House and the Senate, and I don't even think you'll get a majority in either the House or the Senate. So that's largely, forgive me for saying this, it's largely ceremonial. It's largely, a, you know, a, a kind of a... Uh, an issue to bring. So I, so I appreciate that aspect of it. But in terms of any practical possibility of happening, is it's zero. So the action really now goes to the state level. And specifically, what, what I'm going after, this is a little novel, is we're going after activists. We want citizens to help us too. We want citizens to contact their state legislators. But we're really looking for people who've been active on a state legislator's campaign. Let me tell you why that is. I've noticed, because I've, I do this in a lot of different states, when you have a citizen walk into the office of a state legislator, they'll pay attention and they'll be polite. But if you bring an activist in there that they know, especially somebody they know well, especially somebody who, has, who can text them, whose campaign they worked on, I am not exaggerating when I tell you that person speaks for a thousand. So I'm appealing to the activists among us, and I don't care what side of the aisle you are on, this is an area where we're not Republicans and Democrats. We're Americans. And I would love to be able to prove once and for all to everybody that we can still work together on some things. Now, um, me being an advocate for uh, term limits is I've heard the arguments and what you said at these. Um, one argument that I hear is that as far as having term limits is that, that they see it as it kind of goes against their freedom. As far as that's, yeah, a, that's a really good point. So we hear this we hear this point of view a lot, uh, where a politician, uh, in fact, in in Colorado, uh, Senator Owen Hill, who led the opposition on this in the Senate, made this very point. He said, "You know, the citizens should have the right to vote for whoever they want." Okay. Well, so let me tell you what the translation of that is. Okay. The translation of that is, the citizens ought to have the right to vote for me. And how can you possibly deprive them of their right to vote for me? All right. So there's a lot of areas where we. Where, we, where you can't vote for whoever you want. You can't vote for somebody who hasn't gone through the nomination process and is a, is a candidate for your party, for instance. Uh, you can't vote for somebody who's not legally old enough to run for office. You can't vote for somebody who might be a felon in some states, right? Uh, you can't vote for somebody who lives outside the district that they want to run in. So there's all kinds of restrictions that we have to be an eligible candidate to even be voted for. So whenever you hear that argument, just add the additional words, for me. You, know, you should have the right to vote for me. <laughs> okay, so um, um, 
I guess where can everyone find you on social media? Yes, uh, so uh, you can search us uh, on, on Facebook at uh, U.S. Term Limits and, and then your state name. So I would imagine there are probably people from other states. We're in Colorado now, but this uh, people could be li- listening from anywhere. So you can find us on social media just by searching for U.S. Term Limits and then your state. Okay. Additionally, you can go to termlimits.com, and here's where we'd love for you to sign our petition. And this is where, if you want to help us, remember what I said a moment ago about activists and citizens? If we promise... My name is Bob Berry, and I make you my personal promise that I'm not going to abuse your email. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to sell you, okay, your information. We're not going to do any of that. But if you trust me with your email address, I'm going to alert you at an appropriate time when this thing is in a committee in your state so that you can call and you can let your legislator know that this is important to you, and they better get on the program or they're going to find themselves out of a job. That's how serious this is. Okay, and do you have um, anything coming up as far as events or anything? We do. I'm going uh, to a number of conferences. Uh, so there's a very interesting conference that's occurring in uh, Phoenix on September 12th. And this is these are our friends and allies of the Balanced Budget Amendment. Uh, they're doing a, a convention of states that's a non-Article 5, so it's not an amendment convention, but it's a convention to plan an amendments convention because they're getting very close to triggering the two-thirds requirement to hold a convention to propose a balanced budget amendment. And if they're successful at putting this uh, putting this together, this will be the first uh, convention of its kind since 1861. And the members who are attending there are going to have their names in the history. All right. Well, I appreciate it so much for your time. Good deal. Thank you very much. I enjoyed the interview. Yep, and thanks to Bob for joining us. And here's a word from the Founding Project. Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today. And next up, we have Vanessa Rivera with Network of Enlightened Women, or NEW. And we talked with her for a couple of minutes, and here's our interview with her. Hello, this is Trent Chat here at the Western Conservative Summit. We're here with Vanessa Rivera, a representative of Network for Enlightened Women. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, so... um. For people who may not know, just tell us everything about the, I guess, NEW. Yes. So NEW is a conservative women's group, which um, are really college chapters. We have about 32 chapters um, in the United States, and I am out here kind of recruiting girls out west to maybe start a conservative women's group on their campuses. It started out in 2000 or 2001. Our founder, Karen Agnes, was at uh, University of Virginia, and she realized that you know, there wasn't a place where conservative women could talk about issues and and really connect and network and do something about what was going on in the communities and in politics. So she started new, and it started out as a book club. So they would read conservative literature and discuss it and relate that to what was going on back then. And now it has expanded into, like I said, the 30-something chapters in the U.S. Um, And we do all kinds of activism and grassroots and uh, professional development and um, 
helping girls get connected to help them go where they want to go, whether it's politics or journalism or wherever they can, and just strengthen those conservative values. Okay, so um, you're out here at the Western Conservative Summit just looking to, to grow further west. Yes, yes. Most of our chapters are along the um, eastern seaboard of the U.S. and in the south. I think so far the most west we are is in Kansas, but we would definitely like to expand out here to Colorado and Utah and California, wherever, and really get new to be all across the nation. Okay, and so I'm thinking about as far as, so when you're looking to go to a particular state, so you're trying to get a chapter in a campus and just and so how's the process from there so i can actually talk from personal experience i started my own chapter at florida gulf coast university and um i I found out about new at a conference it was at cpac in 2016 and i contacted them and they sent me all kinds of information and i went through most people you have to go through the student government and the offices for clubs and um, registered student organizations and you can set up your club usually within a time of a semester Um, so if you apply during the fall you most likely would be up and running by january and colleges are normally very um, relaxed about getting um, st- new student organizations running because they do realize it's important. But one of the biggest issues is finding maybe a um, what we call an advisor. And many colleges require you to have a faculty member who is an advisor. And as anyone may have heard, it's a little difficult to find a conservative faculty member on a college campus. So that is probably the biggest concern when it comes to girls starting chapters is how am I going to find a conservative faculty member who's willing to come out and say I am conservative when they you know probably are teaching or working at a very liberal institution. As far as I guess any um, setbacks as far as starting chapters given that you start in a conservative group, and mostly, you know, most of these campuses are liberal. So, you, any blowback from that? Um, not really. Um, we haven't seen too much blowback um, from the students necessarily, but maybe from faculty members making it difficult to become an organization. Whether it's not giving them, you know, oh, you have to wait another semester, or not giving them a full list of advisors that could possibly help out. Um, that could usually deter people from starting or kind of hinder it but normally it's the girls that normally start a new chapter are already involved in possibly college republicans or turning point or they're involved with um like future female leaders other conservative um, nonprofits or for-profit organizations and they decide to start their own group so they do have that community um who does support them men women faculty members Okay. And uh, I noticed on your button it says this is what a conservative looked like. And I think I remember seeing something about that. Wasn't it like some sort of like, I guess, a hashtag or something? Yes, it was our campaign last year, and it was this is what a conservative looks like. And it's redefining that stereotype, you know, redefining that conservatives aren't just, I guess, this evil like white man you know first of all it can be a millennial it can be a woman it can be a woman of any race any color any walk of life um and that's what we were pushing last year with our hashtag this is what a conservative looks like is any walk of life you can still be a conservative and 
young girls shared their stories of why they were conservatives and why they chose that, I guess, political stance and why they choose to live their lives as conservatives um, and what that means to them. Okay, so how can everyone connect to you on, well, and new on social media? Yes, so you can find um, them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Network of Enlightened Women or Enlightened Women Organization. Um, you can find me at Candid Nessa um, on Twitter and you can connect with me and I can send you to wherever you need to go. But just look up Network of Enlightened Women and the main Twitter or the main Facebook will pop up and I think the website is enlightenedwomen.org. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, one last question. Yeah. Why can't it Nessa? Well... <laughs> I know it's a personal question, but... Um, well, it was originally, I wanted to do candidness because I am very blunt and upfront. Um, I grew up with three brothers, and that's just the way it is, and I'm very Spanish, so I just kind of put things out there, and sometimes it hurts people, and candidness was taken on Twitter, so I changed it to candidnessa, which is my nickname, being my name's Vanessa, so there, that's it. <laughs> okay. Hi. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you, Brian. Yep, and thanks to Vanessa for her time. And if you don't know, the our last interview with the Western Conservative Summit is it is with Katie Pavlich, someone that I've been trying to get an interview with for for a couple of times because we we tend to be at the same events, given that you know I'm doing interviews. You know, and she's up on stage, <laughs> but like I always would miss when she was in. I would get there after she's already been there and gone, or just couldn't schedule it right. And so this time, actually, I actually caught her on the way out the door. <laughs> this time, so so we finally got the interview, and here it is. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and um, we are here with Fox News contributor and town hall editor, Katie Pavlich. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good to see you. First of all, congratulations on the wedding. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so I'll, I guess how's married life? I know it's been it's short. It's good. It's amazing so far. <laughs> so it's good. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah, and um, I guess the first question I want to ask is, I guess, what do you think about this? all of these Obamacare delays that is going on? Um, it's, it's a couple of things. I think that it's frustrating that they've had, you know, almost a decade to come up with something they can agree on. Um, on the other hand, I don't want them to just pass something for the sake of passing it if it doesn't solve the problems that Obamacare has created. But then that goes back to, this is something they should have been able to coalesce around. So, um, they have to do what they said they would do. And I think that it's a complete disservice and disrespect to, hundreds if not thousands of Americans who worked very hard to put them in office so that their lives could be improved and they're not doing that so they have an obligation to do that yeah it's something that I mention all the time on the podcast I just feel like they've been promising this for the past seven years and they're not getting anywhere with it but I guess I also want to ask given that you have wrote the book on the left's war on women Mm -hmm. I just want to ask you what do you think about them this women's march and what they've been doing I think that the the women's march is a perfect example of how modern day feminism isn't about women at all it's about supporting leftist violent progressive ideology and if you don't you don't fit in and 
you know, when you have people like Linda Sarsour and um, the other women who are leading this movement that they claim is about women, um, it's a facade. It's about a leftist agenda. It's just another uh, protest movement that the left has slapped another label on, whether it's Occupy Wall Street or whether it's Black Lives Matter. Now we have the Women's March. Um, they do a disservice to um, women everywhere by claiming they're speaking for all women when they're really not, and their true agenda is leftism, and I think that people should know that. Yeah, and I guess the last question, last year at the Western Conservative Summit, we had candidate Trump, now we have President mm-hmm. Trump, so what is your thoughts now, uh, a year later since that time? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's it's he's been in office for six months, and... Um, you know, he's actually had a lot of results in terms of the economy, which is, I think, why people put him in office. And there's been a lot of distraction and a lot of, you know, lack of discipline. But when you look at the results of what he's done, the economy is better. People feel like they can grow their businesses. They feel more secure in their retirement. They feel like they can actually, you know, make investments now that maybe they didn't want to make during the Obama administration. So if you focus on the results of tangible things that affect people at home, at their kitchen tables. He's actually done a really good job. Okay. And um, I guess I also want to employ everyone to go to wherever your where books are sold to get a salt and flattery. So, well, I'll let you say more. It's, uh, you can buy my both of my books, Fast and Furious and Assault and Flattery, on Amazon. So. Okay. And where else can anyone get you on social media? Uh, at Katie Pavlich on Twitter and the same on Instagram. So. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Nice to see you again. Yep, and thanks to Katie for joining us. And that's it of the interviews at the Western Conservative Summit. I had a good time. It was, uh, you know, it's always good to go to these events, for me at least, and just to meet up with old friends and meet up, you know, meet some new friends and everything. And... So it was uh, about three days, and I was able to get those number of interviews. And if you don't know, this is episode 50 <laughs> of Trend Chat. And I don't know if you've noticed in my tone in this particular <laughs> episode, because this will probably be the last for a while. I don't know exactly how long it'll be, but we are going to go on somewhat of a hiatus right now. How long? I really don't know. Kind of had some unexpected events recently (laughs) and trying to see what it, what's going to take up my time as far as being able to do the show and all that. So I don't, it could take a week or two it could be longer than that for all I know but this will be the last for at least for some time I would say indefinitely just because it's just is that the meaning of the word it's indefinite just um, as far as wanting to figure out what's the next step for the podcast and for myself and so Basically, we just it's we're gonna go on a whole new journey for somewhere <laughs> where that leads. I don't know right now. So until I've, I'm able to get more clarity and get things straightened out, 
we're going to just go ahead and take a break now. And who knows? Something might break in the, like, in the next week or something where I would know for for sure what time I have and if I continue going on on doing doing the show or whatnot. It could be very quick. But I just know right now everything is kind of foggy. <laughs> so it just said, okay, let's just hold off on doing anything else, which is actually kind of convenient because this event was the last event I was planning to cover. Well, well, for a while, because I, I did get credentials to go to the um, uh, Texas, uh, Texas Tribune Festival in Austin. That's in September. Um, outside of that, uh, there's like a, a trucking show going on. <laughs> uh, I might go to that. But as far as anything, in, like any political events, in far as covering, this probably was it until next year for CPAC, at least for me. So it seems it's ironic that this being the 50th episode and also given that all all this what's happening now hit right at episode 50 and right when everything finished as far as I guess you can call my tour of political events for the year or whatever. Um, so it, it feels like it, it, it feels right, I guess, in a in a sense to take this break. So that being said, everything's probably going to be like dormant for a while. The Facebook page and everything probably not going to have as much sharing for um, a period of time. And if anything, I might just repost old episodes just because, you know, if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't heard the old episodes, you can go back and listen to those while I figure this out, <laughs> while we figure out the next step for Trend Chat. So that, you know, just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. And when we have new news, <laughs> About Trend Chat, we'll definitely share it, and we'll, and from that point, then we'll continue on. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. As far as if if indefinite is definite, I'll will I will. If I'm not going to do the show ever again, I'm going to do at least one more <laughs> to say that I'm not doing it again. So. Thank you to everyone that's been listening so far, and I appreciate all the plays. And I, even if I'm not doing it anymore, this has been has been fun. Hope to continue, but I just want to set it now. And I guess until next time, whenever that time is, we will chat with you later.
presented by Climate Power Education Fund. Does big oil care about our streets flooding or our homes burning? Not according to an ExxonMobil top lobbyist. Did we aggressively fight against um, uh, some of the science? Uh, yes. You know, we were looking out for our shareholders. They care about profits, not people. Learn more at polluters.exposed. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.